Tonight on Podcast Them Down, Mike Hates Everything, Christmas Edition. I'm Tim Regan from Winter Holiday Death Metal Project, It's a Death Metal Xmas, the most prolific, festive death metal band on the planet. Links to all the Xmas death metal you will ever need are in the description. Today I'm joined by Matt and Doug and of course, Mike from Eisenmore and recently vacated Grace to discuss the metalness of Xmas movies. Alright, that well, you know, you know, Christmas is a time for silliness and games. Is it though? Fun. Not really. <laughs> I think it's a time Tim, for I... uh <laughs> time for uh uh many, many uh lacerations and blunt force trauma. That's right. We're talking about Christmas movies. See, you like that seamless uh, oh. transition. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I see. Dundalk. Yeah. I, I see what you did there. All right. So, uh, I have a list, as I often do, of ho- of, of of Home Alone movies, one through six. <laughs> oh Christ! Of Christmas movies, and um. Uh, Mike famously hates everything, including Christmas, and especially Christmas. <laughs> so I was thinking I, we I could do. just fly through the list, and uh, you know, Mike can hate it, and the rest of us can have a discussion yeah. about it. <laughs> I think that sounds good. You know, um, it will be interesting to see how deeply Mike hates these things, because you know, hate some people would say is just a different kind of love. I can see well, that. So, but are we are we setting? So, is Mike coming at this from an emotional angle, and then we'll come at it from the rational metal scoring angle? I, w- I would argue that it would probably be the opposite. That I would be coming at it from the rational mm-hmm. angle, uh, because obviously these object these are all objectively terrible. Um, I think actually Mike's already out of control. So yeah, perfect. <laughs> And because we've already admitted to Mike's blatant bias, I think that we can't use our regular uh, spreadsheet-based rationality um, because there's just this bias. Like the, the data itself would be skewed. Right, so I think we, we just have to. We only enter things in the spreadsheet if it is indeed objective and unbiased. Correct. <clears throat> Correct. Right. And we know that every opinion Mike is going to have today is objectively wrong. Um, and so because of that, we can't take the, the, the honor and validity of our spreadsheets with this, you know, source of bias, uh, this heteroscedasticity, if you will. Yeah. Ooh. So before we continue, uh, this episode is brought to you by the new, it's a death metal Xmas album, which has yet to be titled and should be out hopefully soon. <laughs> hopefully oh, I'm before... going to show that for you. Oh, well, you can do it later. Uh, but you, you can, should you should really badly edit in uh, like, the the name of the album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> Tim, I think it's called Perfect Santa. You know, Metal Santa. I'm I'm really looking forward to listen to. All right, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Perfect. And Matt, you've been on several, maybe most, Death Metal Xmas records in the past, have you not? That, well, I haven't, but my buddy Santa Claus has. Um, however, I can tell you, uh, having just spoken with him, um, that my favorite, uh, he told me that his favorite ep- uh, album to record was actually... 
And, you know, that's just uh, amazing to me. You know, they just, he tells me they keep getting better each and every year, even though there's been several years uh, between the last one and this one. What right. if your pause wasn't long enough and now Tim has to just cram the name of the <laughs> entire album in? <laughs> well, that, would be, that would be even more amazing. But you know what's just long enough, Mike, is the perfect album at a perfect length. So, uh, anyway, pick up, <laughs> pick up the album. That, <clears throat> it's a deathmetalxmas.bandcamp.com. And I think there's a Linktree link in the description below. Like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Smash that notification bell. That's right. Yeah, let us know that you're out there. Yeah, comment. Tell us about your favorite Death Metal Xmas albums. Also, you should make sure that you don't type in uh, Death Metal Christmas. It is specifically Xmas. Um, because somebody keeps looking for these albums and writing Christmas and then gets misdirected all over the internet. We hear so, about it all the time. Yeah, so make sure that it's Xmas. Right, which and is Tim, the most... Tell us about the, the Death Metal Xmas merchandise soon yeah. available on SteelResolve.com. <laughs> I, well, I believe there's a shirt. Yep. I can't wait for the Tom Turkey shirt, which I hear is coming out in time for next Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, there's a shirt, and you can buy the shirt, and you can wear the shirt, and uh, the shirt will uh, it's machine washable, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's cotton, and uh, mm -hmm. it's delivered straight to you. Yeah, and you can you can wear it to the next Death Metal Xmas show in 2025. We yeah. Well, that's going to be an amazing show. <laughs> uh, up until last year, we talked every year about doing a show, but we'd start thinking about it too late. <laughs> Man, I can't, I can't wait for that show. Uh, I was making a pan, I was making a pandemic joke slash commiseration. But that <laughs> oh, I thought that was just that we we don't have our act together shirt. Sure. <laughs> well, it, two things can be true. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, so. Uh, Let's get to movies. <laughs> uh, look, I think we should come out of the gate, guns blazing. And no, obviously, I'm talking about Home Alone, which has no guns. In it. Well, Home Alone 2 has a gun in it. Anyway, no, Home Alone Home Alone 1. You're does not wrong. have a gun. Does not have a gun. What about Angels with Filthy Souls? Okay, well, oh, that's an on-screen... It's an on-screen gun. All right. Just say I've been... A much shorter movie had that kid been appropriately trained and his parents left him equipped to defend the house. Oh, yeah. So you're saying that that Home Alone is, is, a, is a Second Amendment argument movie? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it would have been a much shorter and different movie, but... Yeah. There would have been fewer hijinks. For sure. Yeah. About, <laughs> my only real opinion about Home Alone it comes from the Home Alone Nintendo game, which was developed by Bethesda Softworks, and that's for real. Isn't that just like a clone of the Paperboy uh, uh, NES game? They just, just you know put a little hat on him or something? Oh, but if only it were. Oh, uh, no. 
the Home Alone NES game is a game that as a child I hated so much that I attempted to break it, but I was too much of a wuss to actually do it successfully. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it, it is just the whole game. It's basically an exercise in futility. And then when you die, you get Macaulay Culkin's, Oh, like uh, face. <laughs> what right. is the worst thing ever. Wait, hold on. What do you mean? You tried to break it. Uh, like the cartridge? Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I tried to break the cartridge. Like with a hammer? No, I was I was too much of a wuss. I just like tried to like break it with my hands, but I was like six. So, so I didn't I didn't really want to make my parents mad, so I didn't. Oh. Looks like Ellie <laughs> but, Kemper is in the new home alone. But we're wait, talking about the nineteen ninety original. Well, three of us are oh. talking about the nineteen ninety original. Mike's talking about the video game adaptation. <laughs> Hold yeah. on, wait. We're just pausing it. Let me just pause it for the for a moment here, because Mike is saying, as a six year old, he could have ripped an NES cartridge with well, his bare hands, but chose not to. No, I think because we've he didn't want to get into trouble. I think we've established that I was incapable. <laughs> I mean, I I encourage all the all the podcasts and downers to, to hit the rewind here and, and listen to what he actually said. Cause he actually said that he didn't because he didn't want to get in trouble implying that he could. I, 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 I plead six year old logic. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay so or however old I was. So for Mike's information in home alone, yes. his very, very wealthy family, extended family, mm-hmm goes on vacation to Paris for Christmas, and they accidentally leave him home alone. Hence the yep. uh, the title of the thing. Now, meanwhile, since they live... Weren't they a- visiting his brother? Yes. They're visiting the dad's brother, right? Yes, who was in Paris for some reason. And yeah. uh, they take a flight that doesn't exist, because there's no morning flight on American Airlines from Chicago to Paris. There never was. There never will be. But anyway, they take that flight. And uh, they left in a hurry. That's why they left Kevin. And uh, two burglars, meanwhile, played by uh, Joe Pesci and Marilyn's own Daniel Stern, uh, have cased the neighborhood, and they know all the families are going to be gone. So they're burglarizing the houses one by one, and they try to burglarize Kevin's house. And uh, they realize he's there, he's home alone, and they figure they can uh, just go for it. But they get very angry when he uh, commits a number of felonies yeah. uh, in defending his house with unnecessary cruelty. And then, uh, so, it- so yeah, there's your movie. Is this uh, the sticky bandits or the wet bandits? No, this That's is the, the wet, wet bandits. bandits. And they call the themselves wet the wet bandits because uh, at all the houses they were at, they clog up the sink and leave the water running. That was a good job leaving the water running in every house. Now we know every place you guys hit. This is something a cop might say in that movie. Yes, I used to, uh, uh, Matt knows I used to be able to recite this movie. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You know, I so Daniel Stern, Marilyn's own Daniel Stern. Look what you did, you the, little jerk. <laughs> was also the narrator on the Wonder Years. Yep. So I like to think that that his character is Kevin Arnold, all grown up, and his life like took a, a nasty turn a, after Winnie rejected him, and it started him on a, a life of crime. Uh, that's the story I tell in my head. 
I, like it. I would say I, I'm looking at Daniel Stern's filmography and that negative turn may have been when he started in the movie, how to kill your neighbor's dog, uh, which is apparently an actual film. Oh dear. I, <laughs> I actually liked him best as the voice. I believe he's the voice of Dogbert in the Dilbert animated series. I believe you're right. <laughs> it aired on UPN, right? Yeah. It did oh, air no. on UPN. And no, now you he, can, he's you can the watch. voice of Dilbert. Oh, he's the voice of shit. He's the voice of Dilbert. He is the Dilbert. Well, the other day, in a very sad uh, moment, I was uh, browsing Tubi.tv, which I don't recommend anybody do. Uh, but if you do, you can watch the Dilbert animated series to your heart's content. Isn't there a, there a land filled with mud? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elbonia, <laughs> as I believe, is, is another fictitious country. <laughs> oh, oh, something I should bring up for uh, Home Alone, because uh, it's, it's going to be part of an argument later. Is this all takes place at Christmas? They're out of t- everyone's out of town because of Christmas, and San- uh, 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 Kevin asks a mall Santa to tell the real Santa to bring all of his family back. So it is tied into Christmas. There's a lot of Christmas involved with it. Okay, <laughs> so uh, I feel that is necessary to bring up. Anyway. Uh, should we move on so this episode isn't four hours long? <laughs> I mean, I, I would like to hear Doug's opinion. I think I gave it. Oh, <laughs> did, he, did he? Listen to learn, did learn I, to listen. Oh, man. I give this movie I give this movie one Home Alone out of one. So that's a 100%? <laughs> oh, Mike loves it. 100%, 100% Home Alone. What are... Uh, are, are we passing judgment, you know, like good or not? Or what are we doing? We have to have some sort of judgment. I think we're doing a deep critical analysis. Yeah, I think we're just ex- exploring our feelings about these yeah. things. Yeah. I, what I sound think. you heard was everyone jamming stop on their podcast. <laughs> you brought up feelings. Doug, the Doug, told me, Doug told me it's called a Gertzian deep description. Oh. There I don't you, know what the hell go. that is. All right. Let's move on. Home Alone 2. It's the next year. Kevin's a little older. And uh, okay. this time the family, for whatever reason, is going to Miami for uh, Christmas. And Kevin makes a big point about there being no Christmas trees in Florida. And uh, anyway, they uh, there's a mix-up at the airport. Family goes to Miami. Kevin gets on the wrong plane, this is pre-9-11, and uh, ends up in New York City. And New uh, York City? New York City. And the uh, wet bandits, now known as the sticky bandits, have broken out of prison, and they happen to be in New York, and they happen to run into Kevin. And uh, um, they're, they're going to rob Duncan's toy chest at midnight on Christmas Eve, I believe. and um, mm-hmm. Which is... Uh, an analog for FAO Schwartz, the toy store right off Central wow. Park, and uh, the uh, I believe the relatives that they went to Paris to visit happen to have a house in New York. So Kevin hides in there. Uh, he, he lures the criminals in there and then does more bodily harm to them. And there you go. Oh, and there's some homeless lady 
with uh, pigeons and bird seed, and uh, Kevin befriends her, and uh, something about turtle doves. So there you go. There's Home Alone two. <laughs> uh, a yep. lot of so I know a lot of people don't like Home Alone two. I like it just as much as Home Alone one, probably because I'm dumb. So it is the same movie. It's like, let's just do the same thing, but in New York. Yeah, I get that. And I hate the turtle dove crap. But, um. I mean, I would argue the situation in the first movie and the reason why it's so drawn out and the kids put so much peril relates to bad parenting. Mm -hmm. The second movie is all about New York's restrictive gun laws. Funny you bring up bad parenting, because in the fourth movie, uh, uh, Kevin's parents have broken up. And Kevin's like oh, really? one of them, and French Stewart is one of the bandits. I forget. We're not talking about that. And uh, I think they stopped being French. about Christmas. <laughs> so, Oh, and you know, yeah, so Kevin, uh, Kevin reunites with his family at the Rockefeller sent her Christmas tree because his mom knew that he'd go find the biggest tree there is. Christmas tree. So there you go. Uh, I think we should address one of the more important things is that uh, the video game adaptation of Home Alone 2 is a marked improvement from the original NES on the Super Nintendo. Um, It's a significantly more playable game. That's not to say that it's good, but the NES one was that bad. You know, Um, and and I think Doug brings up a good point that uh, the first movie is about personal failings. The second movie is very much about social failings. Uh, there's a whole litany of people who fail Kevin, from uh, Cedric, the, uh, the the ho- goon who brings your bags up in the in the Plaza Hotel. Played by Rob Schneider. Played by Rob Schneider to a creepy bo- uh, concierge, Tim Curry, um, to Mr. Duncan. Um, to possibly every police officer in New York City. Uh, but what I like the most about Home Alone 2 is the crash, crass commercial aspect of it. Because uh, you can buy Sony's uh, Talk Boy. Uh, you could buy the green monster slime that's figured prominently. Um, and so I, I don't know what studio produced Home Alone, um, but they really knew what they were doing in the second one. And I, and I actually agree. Um, if it you were really- going to make a cynical Christmas movie, Home Alone 2, much better than Home Alone, the original. Well, now that I, I you like put it that way, Die Hard 1 and 2. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But it, th- now that you put it that way, Matt, I would say that maybe Home Alone 2 is like one of the most accurate Christmas movies of all time. Because yeah. The, the the cynicism I think is just reality, right? Like that's just that's just how Christmas is. I mean, there's a cons- <laughs> there's a conceit in Home Alone two that Mister Duncan of Duncan's Toy Chest, a man who owns a store and is paying midtown right off the park rent, is taking all the money he gets on Christmas Eve and donating it to the children's hospital. Which I find either A, means that he's such a a robber baron that he can write off all his profits on Christmas Eve of all days for a toy store, or Kevin is going to bat for a liar. 
And and either way, it, it's sort of sickening to me. And I, I think that's great. You know, Kevin uh, is very much a pawn of these larger forces, be they uh, the criminals, uh, his absentee family, or or the heartless big city. Uh, he's just a pawn in a larger game. He is very much not in control as he was in his domestic environment in in the first movie. So it's really an indictment of American culture. Yeah, yeah. It, it might be the most anti-American movie ever. Oh, wow! This is heavy. Yeah, Omola yeah. Two is heavy. Yeah, people who love it hate America. <laughs> wait, did yeah. you say you love it? Oh wait, I mean not me, but other <laughs> other people. <laughs> and by love it, I mean who loved to write it. Because the writers should be in jail for treason. <laughs> All right, you want to move I, on? I concur with the substance of Matt's argument. And and to add insult to injury, a future president appears in it. Oh, oh. We'll just leave that there. This movie became retroactively topical. Well, mm-hmm. he's another adult that fails. Yeah. The kid. No. I, no Actually, Doug, he doesn't because he gives him the right directions. That is true. He, he could have done more. Could have done more, but you know what? Kevin asked one thing, and that's all the future president told him. You know, because America is not about giving people more than they ask for. Wait. <laughs> all right. I, Next. I give this movie. I give this movie point seven five Home Alone twos. So. Uh, So that's a Home Alone (laughs) one and a a half? Well, I I think because the unit of measurement is itself, this is somewhat of a paradoxical rating system, which is basically why I rated it this way. Well, I I like only Mike rating it. I like this a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. So I, I also just did the math. So 0.75 Home Alone twos is a equivalent to one point five home alone ones i believe well, no there's there's no there's no system of equation that establishes the relationship between home alone one and two i see, oh, I, see. I see yeah so home alone just... two is it's 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 the full variable is just home alone two Okay, okay. So Home Alone Two is point seven five. Home, Home Alone, Alone, Alone Two is okay. So it's it's three quarters as good as itself. <laughs> All right. Okay. Sounds okay. Right. Here we go. All right. <laughs> um, die Hard, or mm. uh, the the German title translates to Die Slowly, which I like more. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. <laughs> really. Yeah, it's wow. Stirb Langsam, Die Slowly. So, um... Hmm, it's uh, metal I'm more familiar with the It's a Death Metal Xmas version of Santa Heart. Yeah. In, uh, uh, that was Death Metal Xmas 9, so maybe someone else should explain what happens. Something about so this, this Bruce Willis and the... the Hans Bruce Gruber. Willis fights a Severus Snape. In a building somewhere in America. Yeah, I think it's Alan LA, Rickman. Right? It is in LA. Alan Rickman plays a German but refuses to use a German accent. 
and and they drop Alan Rickman before he was ready, resulting in a genuinely surprised look. Wasn't he the guy on Man vs. Food? No, 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 no. That's uh, that's Alan. Uh, that's Adam. Who's that, who's that guy? That's Adam, Adam Richmond. Richmond. That's the joke. <laughs> It is fun watching earlier episodes of Man vs. Feud and then later where you can see his health declining <laughs> from all the participation in Man vs. Foods. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of sad. So, but, My Heart is an effective movie. Uh, it's not worthy of its classic status. Thank it's you. a little too long. And... The the movie is so cynical in a way that's stylistically appropriate, but the cynicism actually interferes with the suspense. It's like when you know FBI agents Johnson and Johnson, no relation, show up. Yeah. They're going to do absolutely nothing that could possibly uh, contribute to the outcome. I and don't... it's like that at every stage. Uh... So I'm going to do a compliment sandwich here. I love that Reginald Vell Johnson is in this movie. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Best part of the movie, by far. Uh, next part of that... He's sand- also the best... <laughs> he's also the best part of Crocodile Dundee. And if you haven't seen his part in Crocodile Dundee and don't remember it, you're missing out. Alright. And then next part of the sandwich. I don't consider it to be a Christmas movie. You could easily I, take I, it out of Christmas, and it came out in July. It's yeah. not a Christmas movie. It just happens to take place at Christmas. It's not integral 100% to the agree. Um, and then, uh, The I, second movie, on the other hand. <laughs> uh, but we'll get there when Tim gets there. That's true. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I really like Reginald Vell Johnson's performance. <laughs> it's fantastic. So that's my sandwich. It's all Carl Winslow. It, it has its moments. I think I think there's a unfortunately I feel too often that's everyone's cute answer to what's your favorite Christmas movie. I uh, you know, everyone will say like, ah, it's Die Hard, man. Um yes, Die Hard does take place during Christmas. Uh but as you as you clearly mentioned, it took it, it it was released in July. It wasn't released as a Christmas film. Yeah, Batman Return also takes place during Christmas. Is that a Christmas movie? Right, and that was released in the summer as well, as as I remember well. Um, right, yeah. I mean, so I think we need to separate Christmas-themed movies and movies that take place during Christmas. So I, so I agree, Die Hard is a movie that takes place during Christmas. I mean, I think the only reason for Christmas is they couldn't think of another holiday that would have an office party, right? I think that's the conceit to get everybody in Morimoto Towers or whatever it's called. Um, but uh, beyond that, Christmas is, is it, it, it's not thematically a Christmas movie. No one learns a Christmas lesson. Yeah. Um, and and so I, in that case, I just don't think it it counts as a Christmas movie. I was expecting that may be more, why. <laughs> I was expecting more that may be more. why this. That may be why this is my favorite Christmas movie, uh, <laughs> because it, 
It just has absolutely nothing to do with Christmas in reality. Because uh, because Mike hates Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about? Uh, yep. Oh, I, I do like the limo driver. We need to give a shout out to the limo, limo driver character who is also great. Uh, I don't have his name up here, um, but but that's a great character. Um, I mean, it's a good action movie. It's it's in the top six Die Hard movies. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I place it in the upper echelon of Die Hard movies because they get pretty bad. I don't it, know. It I is mean, only one of three of the five Die Hard movies to actually feature the John McClane character instead of a character called John McClane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean that's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, so Mike, uh, rate rate Die Hard, please. 12 diehards. Wow. Is that good? Wow. That's good, right? It feels good. All right. Diehard. Yeah, I made the diehard. Diehards, right? Two. All right. So, what do you got on this, Doug? This is a better movie. All right. Let's move on then. How many diehard twos do you give diehard? So. Uh, I I don't remember the last time we've seen it, and we did not do Santa Hard 2 for It's a Death Metal Xmas, so I can't really we, speak to this one. Yeah. It actually involves Christmas, since it's all about Christmas travel in an airport. I think there's snow in the airport. Yeah. There's a lot of snow in the airport, even though it's Dulles. But, like, the version of Dulles that exists in Denver... <laughs> Uh, and there's a classic scene where he uses the Pacific Bell telephone. And uh, you know what? he constantly saying, how can the same shit happen to the same guy twice as they recycled the same plot points? Yep. I, think, and, I think you and I watched, <laughs> watched Die Hard 2. That's the last time I saw it. <laughs> yeah, I, and it's I actually remember, entertaining. It, I remember it, it you pointing the, out the Pacific Bell phone. <laughs> And I wanted you to put that in uh, the Christmas album. Well, it, well, it will be in Santa gonna... Hard 2. When we get to, to Santa Hard 2, I'm sure we will. Um, John Leguizamo's in it. Um, yeah. And you get both, um, whatever the ba- whoever the bad guy is, and Robert Patrick, who's just the same bad guy but younger. <laughs> yeah, yep. William Fincher, or I forget his name, but... Yeah, and then you get the uh, the when they mod all the spectacle that the first movie lacks, like when they modify the glide slope, and then poor um, Colm Neely's DC uh, DC eight uh, yeah. crashes. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah, it's it's a, it's a much better movie. Now I'm thinking about. Now I'm thinking of airplanes. Are you talking about the same DC-8 that was used to transport... uh, I'm I'm trying to tie this into Scientology. Are you familiar with this? (laughs) Oh, God. Is it the DC-8s that Xenu used? (laughs) To bring bring all the Thetans to that 
volcano and and drop a, a million atomic bombs? Or are yeah. you talking about those DC eights? Is this the same DC eight, or is this a? Do you think this is a different DC eight? Well, Mike, first of all, those are spacecraft that just happen to look identical with DC eights. Oh, I don't think. Oh. I don't think it was. I don't think that was a Xenuian spacecraft. <laughs> Damn. It really changes the movie for me. So this, yeah, this is not a prequel to to OT eight. Damn, I was really off. I really misinterpreted this film. <laughs> All right, I so, mean, and, and then few Christmas movies end up with the lead character blowing up a seven forty seven and killing thirty some people on it. It's it's actually cut it's, to the happy music. It's just this one and the Santa Claus 2. And that was the surprise <laughs> ending for the Santa Claus 2 oh. uh, as well. I was about to say uh, that Yeah, and then somehow they blow up the plane. Yeah, remember Matt? And then that, the, the, the fuel on fire allows other planes to land on that land. same runway. In the fire. <laughs> Okay, yeah. I mean, this has got to be worth at least 12 <laughs> Die Hard 2s. Well, so here's the problem. Here's the problem uh, rating wise. Sorry, Tim. I don't uh, want to interrupt. Oh, I was just going to say uh, uh, is this more This is more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard 1, then yes? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. It's Christmas themed. It was released also in July, but for some reason it feels more Christmassy. Well, it's about people getting to Christmas, at yeah. least. Yeah. Right. But my only problem with Die Hard 2 is that I don't remember anything other than the fact that Bruce Willis is in it. I, I'm not sure if I've ever seen Die Hard 2. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so I'm going to give it one Bruce Willis on a plane. <laughs> I think that's a, fair, that's, a, that's a fair assessment given what I've seen of it. Uh, that is a fair assessment. Yeah, I can't you do deny that. That uh, that the the Dulles police talk just like they're out of New York. Mm-hmm. I I you know I I literally I can't even picture who John Leguizamo is if I'm being completely honest with you. So I can't even picture who the bad guy is in this film. Wasn't, wasn't he? I'm, Luigi I'm really the, out of idea. Wasn't he Luigi in the Mario Brothers movie in the nineties? He I was. Hate- he was Luigi in the Mario Brothers in the 90s. Uh, Reginald Vel- Vel- uh, Johnson does uh, reprise his role. We didn't mention that, but we should. Yeah, and then Bruce Willis is somehow a magically an L.A. cop because seniority and how all that plays into your pension apparently doesn't matter to him. <laughs> Just write off all that time I spent in New York. and Until he's in New York again. A movie later, but that's another that's another thing. And outside the Christmas scope. Yeah, that's true. The, All right. The Die, Die Hard 3 is my favorite. And the ending of Die Hard 3 is filmed at a, a truck stop in Laurel. Oh, not what? Laurel, the junction of 175 and where that Goodwill is. Yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. Why, I believe that's Jess in Maryland. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. 
we we also I mean it's not appropriate because as we've established Die Hard with a Vengeance is not a Christmas movie but we need to talk about blockbusters because there's an amazing story how the real Die Hard 3 became Speed 2 and Die Hard with a Vengeance was actually a lethal weapon movie and it's just incredible but we can't talk about that now oh man only Speed 2 or Christmas movie yeah. oh man Speed three claws control. <gasps> I'm gonna call Sandra Bullock as soon as we're done. <laughs> claws control, or that could be the new Santa Claus movie, Claws Control. Yeah, it could be. It could be. It could except, be the third Santa Claus and the third. Except, <laughs> except, Claws Control in terms of the Santa Claus is just like lawyers and arbitration trying to. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's. <laughs> The movie's about fighting about the rights to this movie. <laughs> it's actually a legal thriller. <laughs> if you like intellectual property law, you'll love B3 Clause Control. Yeah, I mean, the premise is a little contrived, but it gets intense. <laughs> they interview lawyers coming out of the theater, and they're like, well, it was accurate. Your Honor, I move for third-party legis- uh, arbitration. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Legal Legal would do a video on it. Oh man, I bet I would watch that Legal Legal. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Moving along, a Christmas story. That's the movie that's on for twenty four hours on Christmas, uh, just on repeat on TBS. All right, so uh, it came out in eighty three, and uh, it is about a young boy named Ralphie in the nineteen forties. Who wants a? Oh, I I had it right here. He uh he wants an official Red Rider carbine action two hundred shot range model air rifle, and uh, he's trying to convince his parents, his teacher, and Santa that it's the perfect gift for him. And that's the and then a bunch of stuff happens. And the, there's there's a, a, a <laughs> there is a shipment from Italy, and it <laughs> yep. says fragile on the side. And the last time I saw it, I forgot about the joke, so I made the same joke, and I didn't realize that that joke was going to be in the film, so that made me feel horrible about myself, because it's supposed to be a terrible joke. That, uh... uh <laughs> let's see. The mom eats soap. No. I remember no, that part. The, the ma- oh, yeah, yeah. I, after she punishes Ralphie for saying yeah, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, he clearly said fudge. <laughs> Only Clearly. he didn't say fudge. And then, uh, <laughs> well, that that shipment was a major award that uh, his father had won. Yep. And, and yep. then there's the whole Ovaltine thing. And then there's the uh, the, the Bumpus's dogs eating their turkey. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoy the movie, even though, like, it's just a bunch of stuff that happens. <laughs> the end. I actually I mean, do. I do enjoy the movie. Oh, that's that's shocking. And I, but it's also one of the only films that I've actually seen all the way through that we've talked about so far. Well, I think I would enjoy. Everyone sees it all the way through in bits and pieces every year. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot more when it wasn't a thing crammed down our throats. I understand. And yeah, and, and and for me, it's weird. There's just something about this is essentially a 40s nostalgia film. This is a film for 
people who were in their 40s, 50s, in the 80s thinking about the good old days when they were kids in like 1944 or 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 whenever this is supposed to be. So what do you say? Uh, it's definitely is like, the four. Is this kind of like the Stranger Things of now? This is exactly what it is. So this is just like nostalgia porn. Um, but but our generation is so bereft of an actual um, pop culture or an actual childhood that we have nostalgia nostalgia. So we like this movie, which is someone else's nostalgia, and we've made that our object of nostalgia. But again, in, in sort of a crass Home Alone 2 kind of way. Well, um, I think uh, it's a very salient critique. Yeah. Isn't a lot of Christmas stuff nostalgic for like the 1950s post-war Christmas anyway? Like all. Of I mean, it? I th- I think that's true, uh, but I mean, this is. Uh, I, but I think we filter that through our own experience. Like we remember our parents. Thinking now, I like this because my dad liked that because my grandma did this, right? But this is as if we've like taken the memory of our parents and shoved them into our brains, right? And it's like, wasn't that wasn't that Howdy Doody radio show great? It, it, there's just something that's always disturbed me. It, it, it. I mean, I don't want to go um, full. Star Trek insurrection here, but there's there's a scene. Doug knows what I'm talking about, in which uh, Shinjan's viceroy uh, assaults Troy's mind, and I feel very much that I've had someone else's memories t- implanted into me forcibly uh, that I can't get out. Like my thought of Christmas is this disembodied 1940s Christmas, and I don't know why, and I don't know how I relate to that, except. Like, it's indelibly stamped on Christmas that it's, you know, walking down street and, and, and writing in cursive and finding out about the war or whatever whatever else they're doing here. And, and Darren McGavin um, being, being grumpy and uh, Red Rider BB guns. Yeah, Carl Kolchak being in the movie is the only plus to me. It's the only thing I remember. But I, I do resonate with the uh, thrust of Matt's argument there. It's how I feel about Superman Returns. Uh, which has forever changed. I, I mean, my Superman is clearly whoever the hell is, whatever the hell happens in Man of Steel. <laughs> oh my god. But no, they just shove this false Christopher Reeve Superman Anyway. So, Mike, how many Christmas stories did you I knew something creeped me out about that movie, but I always assumed it was Kevin Spacey and Brian Singer. You're right. <laughs> Doug, Doug talking about comic book movies is my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, so, so, how many, how many uh, Christmas stories do you give a Christmas story? I can give a point eight. Point eight wow. Christmas stories. All right. That's a really, a really strong score. Not as strong as the one Malone ones, but up there. I mean, Die Hard still is the the crowning jewel. Right. I think. Well, yeah. Prepare to have it de-seated. 
Uh, next, we should talk about Jingle All the Way. So in, in Jingle All the Way, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a workaholic dad who repeatedly disappoints his kid. And so he decides that the best thing to do is to get a toy uh, to buy back his kid's love. And it's a Turbo Man action figure or doll. And doll. Um, but uh, he runs afoul of a mailman played by Sinbad, who is trying to get the doll for his kids. And uh, so a bunch of stuff happens for a while, and then eventually uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger ends up dressed as Turbo Man during a parade, and then secures a Turbo Man action figure, and then uh, loses it to Sinbad. And then they fly around. Yes, like literally, he flies around for a while. <laughs> so, so there you go, jingle all the way. Um, so my opinion is, it sounded like they started with like your cookie cutter Christmas movie, and then the studio got their hands on it. <laughs> They're like, "What if he flies around? Can't can't this Turbo Man fly? Let's make him fly." And it's just like, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, and I forgot. Uh, Phil Hartman plays a, a nosy neighbor who's trying to nail Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife. So that happens, too. It sounds like two acts of a regular Christmas movie and then the fourth act of 2001. It is... Or was it a different kind of flight? It is he's, just... It's not like it, a jetpack. Jetpack. It's part of the suit, but it's a fully functioning jetpack. <laughs> oh, and then, just... and then during the fight scene with Sinbad, oh, so it's like Sinbad Robo is Cop dressed as, the, as yeah. the as the enemy. But we don't understand how that happens at all. And, and, and you you missed out a lot of stuff. Like Booger uh, plays a sidekick at one point. There's a whole weird. Mall Santa subplot. Oh yeah, um, which, it it which, is really. I'm pretty sure that Mall Santa scene was the seed that became Bad Santa. Eight, uh, what, like eight or nine years later, right? Possibly. This fantastic but, movie. But Jim Belushi is it, 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 to describe. There's no way to describe the plot of Jingle All the Way without. Sounding like an, an insane person, <laughs> and the fact that it was given millions of dollars to turn from someone's uh, crazy idea to a crazy reality um, is just incredible to me. Uh, um, I I don't. Is it a direct sequel or just a spiritual sequel to Last Action Hero? It's a, it's a spiritual sequel. Uh, it, 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 it is one of those great movies in which they can't allow Arnold Schwarzenegger to be a foreign born person. So despite, uh, being Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's a guy named Harold Langston, which I don't think are words that Arnold Schwarzenegger can say. Harold. I'm Howard. I'm Howard Langston. Detective John Ma or what was it? John Matrix. If he could say John Matrix, he could be anybody. <laughs> but it's just It's all that matters. It's just a bizarre, disturbing movie. 
I I guess. What's the body count? <laughs> there, d- people definitely die in this movie. <laughs> there is a there is a especially in a certain version. But I mean, there 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 is there's a whole scene in which a dozen cops, um, are are blown up by a mail bomb. Yeah. Now, miraculously, doesn't well, get more nineteen ninety six than that. Well, I mean, there's a whole violence. mail bomb subplot that we just accept. Um, I I I I don't know. I don't know what to make of this movie. I think it's also important to know that the sequel to Jingle All the Way came out 18 years later and is starring Larry the Cable Guy. Does there's that improve a, wait, things? There's a sequel? This is news <laughs> to me. Uh, I, well, I know what I'm watching. I'm on the Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I was, can't see how that movie could be more of a mess than the original. <laughs> Produced by WWE Studios and 20th Century Fox. All right, like I, I can't think of this movie, this this Larry the Cable Guy movie, uh, being being more of a mess than the original, and I might have to watch it tonight. All right, so you want to give it a rating, Mike? Yeah, uh, I love Phil Hartman, so I give it 14 Phil Hartmans. <laughs> wow! Uh, Is that a must Acknowledging that I... I don't... I don't know that my ratings correlate to a recommendation as to whether to watch it. So, we use, <laughs> use these ratings uh, uh, with caution? Is that what you're telling? It, it's, like, it's like salt. Like, it'll improve... My 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 rating is meant to enhance a more thorough vetting by somebody else. So I I'm not going to you know I would never question Mike's rating, but I would just say this. Uh, apparently, there were three movies that starred both Sinbad and Phil Hartman: Jingle All the Way, House Guest, and the Coneheads movie. And I submit you should watch Coneheads and House Guest. First, if you really, yeah. if you're really jonesing for some Phil Hartman Sinbad synergy, I've I've seen Coneheads actually. I've not seen this, but I've seen Coneheads. France, yeah, we come yeah. from France. That's it for this episode of Podcast Them Down. We will continue this discussion next week. 